Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has come to this. I'm it happy has. that it's come to this. We're here. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast, and we have a few real favorite directors on this podcast that we'd like to talk about a lot. Tarantino, Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Nothing uh, too outside the box, but Cronenberg. David yeah. Cronenberg, man. For a guy who's been so important to my love of movies, and yours too, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. It came up last week when we were hanging out that uh, we've kind of covered him so far in a really weird way. <laughs> for the level of love we have from when we started this 130 some episodes ago, mm-hmm. if I would have guessed what the first three Cronenberg movies we would have talked about and done full episodes on, I wouldn't have guessed A Dangerous Method or Fast Company. Fast Company would yeah. be <laughs> pulling in, uh, pulling into any of the top three, and. I'm real happy that it has gone that way. <laughs> I love those episodes. Uh, those I can't are, wait to those do are good movies. M Butterfly. Uh, but yeah, before we do the fly, right? <laughs> a fly M Butterfly. Well, like you said, yeah, feature. for a guy who's we've both seen probably a dozen of his yeah. movies to only have talked about those three it with felt, the brood. It felt like a slight. Uh, yeah. And yeah. so we wanted to do another Cronenberg, but I love doing random draws. <laughs> I love not being. Uh, I love being kind of randomly forced into a, a, a movie, and we drew yeah. Eastern Promises. We did. I love it. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy with that draw. This is a great flick. It's so great knowing when we still have a dozen, 15 Cronenberg movies that I still want to talk about. Kind of like all the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so great ones. doing a draw on him because anything is possible. There's so many directions it can wind up, and... I'm real happy we got Eastern Promises, a movie I have now only seen twice, and the first time was in theaters. Oh, nice. So this was like a 15-year rewatch. Very cool. Yeah, I've seen it like three times now. Okay. And this, each, uh, each this, time, it's brand new to me, though. We've it's, seen This is one of the Chrome... I, I could have sworn we saw this together. We saw History of Violence in the theaters together. Yeah, I don't remember when I would have seen this. I feel like... Or is this the one where you borrowed my DVD of it? And it was well, one of those where, like, where you now own the DVD for 10 years and watch it a time yeah. or two in there. And then eventually I regain... It was in your like spare DVD yeah. room. So I was like, so, oh, hey. So I, then it was returned and then I, I used that to this. watch today. <laughs> yeah, held on to it for a yeah. nice two years. That's how DVD borrowship works. Finally watched it, loved it again. It's and, so good. Uh, yeah, just watched it again for the third time. In its 13 years, 14 years, it it's been It feels so weird in that way that kind of when David Lynch did the straight story, and it was like, well, this feels like a David Lynch movie, but not. Mm-hmm. And this felt like a Cronenberg movie, but something was automatically off because it was not in Canada. And it's already <laughs> just something feels different and yeah. and doesn't have them uh, friendly vibes of... <laughs> Of all his happy Canada movies, I mean, it's a crime movie. I don't. Has yeah, he, man. Had he done crime movies up into this point? I mean, this is a full on Goodfellas handling a Russian mob in yeah. London 
outside of Canada crime movie. Yeah. And it's such a cool direction to go in. And I love his Vigo collaboration. Oh, yeah. This that is 2000s... right after, what, History of Violence. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I, I think that these two work so well together. Yes. And Vigo, this it's is that my Lynch favorite Lynch McLaughlin, Vigo, and sure. it's a totally different. It is. <laughs> the Vigo oh, Cronenberg. It's a match. These are like, two guys that get each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting whenever you can see that kind of on-screen director partnership where it just clicks. They know how to write the dialogue. They know exactly how to play this heavy that this mm-hmm. guy wants. I mean, this is maybe the best Vigo role. I think it kind of be, right? Right. This feels, I mean, I he's love him in so actor. many things. I mean, he's had, yeah. up to this point, you go back to the Indian Runner in 90, 91, mm. that Sean Penn movie, and he's incredible in that. David Morris is his brother, and he's the wild one. This man already had like a 15 to 20 year career of cool outsider cinema i admit i only knew him as the lord of the rings guy sure (laughs) when i first saw this movie that's cool too but then you go back and you're like oh i just did not recognize him in crimson tide or uh the one with michael douglas where he's the killer for hire perfect murder maybe yeah uh yeah then you're like oh i saw that on tnt he had a cool 90s uh cable run you know but that beard in the lord of the rings i just (laughs) that's your that's your view association you know without having to gain or lose 100 pounds he's one of the most like transformative chameleon actors i i feel like he's incredible and this he he never looks like anything like he looks like in this movie this is he's one of the all-time great cool guys i mean this is a cool guy feels cool right he had a baby with xine cervenka oh you know (laughs) like uh i did not had a baby with the lady from x and uh (laughs) You know, worked in Charles Bronson's last movie. It's like, oh, that's cool. He got cool gigs all through the 90s. And again, the guy that showed up on cable and then suddenly had this simultaneously huge <laughs> fantasy fandom grow at the same time doing the coolest, grittiest, incredible, most dramatic roles of his career with Cronenberg. Mm-hmm. It's happening at the exact same time. As the Lord of the Rings stuff. Was I know happening. it's so great that yeah, he's this Aragorn king, <laughs> crying at hobbits, and then the next year he's like smashing a coffee pot in a dude's he's face just, in yeah, History just, of Violence, and showing just more balls than any guy <laughs> has literally ever shown on right? camera. Right? And then you're like, oh, Vigo's badass, and then this just movie the comes same out. Same year as like Return of the King or The Two Towers comes out. Yeah, so I, that who does that? No <laughs> other actors been doing that. In our lifetime, man. That is cool. Yeah. Harvey Keitel wasn't going, oh, <laughs> like, man. in the live-action Lion King. Like, no. Right. He wasn't going that far in the no, other direction. No, he's not right? showing up even doing voices in Pixar. Yeah. You know, he's not crossing over. Children he don't... He wasn't with Marty in Shark Tale? <laughs> Children aren't going to see Harvey Keitel in shit. <laughs> <laughs> if a child is seeing Harvey Keitel in something... But Vigo oh, showed man. more dick than Kaito. <laughs> oh. And kids see tons of... It's off the charts. It's a crazy career, and I love it. Yeah. It's... This partnership is just, like you said, two guys that get each other. And Vigo is... Impo- Naomi Watts is gorgeous and has such a She's screen great. presence. And yet, in scenes with her and Vigo in this movie, I'm like can't take my eyes off of Vigo Mortensen. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the... I mean, I remember the first time watching it, it was all about Vigo. Yeah, man. It just staring at him in this total immersion in this character. And then uh, 
the second time I watched it, I remember loving like uh, the, his uh, the old man Armin. Oh, uh, Armin Mueller Stahl plays. I don't yeah, even yeah. remember the, Jus- the the Russian guy, Simior or something. You're right. right. <laughs> and uh, then this time watching it, Vincent Cassell just blew me away. Yeah, it's Vincent. Like, I, I didn't even notice him the first couple times. See, Vincent Cassell's the thing that shook me the first time I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'd seen that actor. Mm-hmm. I assumed, due to his strong French face and <laughs> accent, that he was not Seymour Cassell's son. But I'd never no. <laughs> seen this guy before, and he had his type scares me. He's that real fail son mm-hmm. that is like jealous because he knows he's a failure. And so he uses power in, in shitty ways, but he's also too much of a coward to fully be the monster that is, you know, is. Yeah, yeah. Those guys scare me, man. <laughs> Those, uh, that's too much privilege and he's too a, much power. He's a wild character in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, very... And so he jumped out at me because the first time watching, this movie feels so unpredictable already, mm. and I kept waiting for when that guy snapped, you know, when that guy finally di- went too far. Mm-hmm. And so I was really struck by him and almost didn't notice Vigo as much until the fight. And now every other... <laughs> every My pourings through it today is like, how can I not think this is one of the greatest roles in the decade incredible role yeah yeah i could see how though vincent cassell could he takes over i mean that it's such a wild ride to watch these two together vigo and vincent cassell it's a great partnership they're like brothers that uh you know vigo is playing the enforcer the driver to cassell's captain character Mm -hmm. who like you said is only a captain because his dad's the boss he's a drunk rumors are going around about him you can see the insecurity in his eyes yeah, you know it's it's a raging a guy bull. That should he's, have he's ra- power. He's, he's raging yeah. bull and could have right? power, but yeah. he's a fuck up. And then Vigo's like the quiet killer, Dude, cold, Vigo's, cold as ice. Vigo's scary, man. So scary. All he has to do is just kind of look at you the wrong way. And uh, the old guy too, Armin's the same. Armin, like he is so friendly, and then goes like, and now I know where you are. I had seen that. He's an actor so that I've seen scary. in the '90s in more. He was in like. You know, stuff like Shine and mm. maybe like The English Patient, those kind of movies, or the TNT original 12 Angry Men. I've, yeah, and then I, I've you never know seen him in 100 things. This is right? one of those things where, uh, you know, Albert Brooks shows up as a mob guy in oh, yeah. Drive, or William Hurt is a mob guy in uh, History of Violence. Mm-hmm. Two totally against type out of character kind of roles. William Hurt as the, like the chin strap goatee mob boss doing a kind of like Brando like, oh, you're my brother. Right. Like what? Like no one told him they were supposed to be the Irish mob. Who, yeah, who is this William Hurt guy? And so to see Ari Mueller Stahl show up as, you know, this kind of nice grandpa just cooking a goulash, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, in this restaurant that turns out to be a front for human trafficking. <laughs> and it's this grandpa as this, like, evil old guy yeah. role, which the turn is so gradual as you understand his motivations that it just gets scarier. It's crazy how many performances are able to stand out. In this movie. Mm-hmm. It's how good Cronenberg has a connection with his cast. It's a small cast. And it needs to be strong because of that. And the four leads are great. We didn't Absolutely. even get the whole story of how Naomi Watts is involved when uh, 
a young girl has a miscarriage. The baby's saved. She dies. And Naomi Watts makes it her mission to find the family. Yeah, it's a kind of... A, this... And then immediately runs afoul of the <laughs> Russian mob. And then, well, yeah, the first place she looks is uh, she finds the girl's diary and... I guess the restaurant's mentioned in the diary. Yeah. So she just goes knocking on the door when it's clear from the outset. Man. Mob. Naomi. Mob. 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 Naomi Watts has no... <laughs> she picks up on no cues. She doesn't give a fuck. Of danger in this movie. Yeah. Th- wh- wh- she storms but when she does, long. she's like, no, 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 no. That's yeah. not how it's going to be. <laughs> she tells it like, it, like a TS to the Russian yeah. mob constantly. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And they're, they're almost like, what is this? Who is this? Who, who is this yeah. person? Because they don't know her. She just shows up, starts asking about a girl <laughs> named Tatiana. Starts asking about a missing teen to a mob-fronting human <laughs> trafficking organization. Who is just storming in She's there? Good. It's just one of those. She's it's good. like she Homer Simpsons her way in by just them being like, is this yeah like, right why is this person dumb enough to be coming in and asking that's any the, of these things that's the first thing i thought when armin mueller opens the door and he's like oh we're closed she's oh i know uh at that point why is the door open yeah <laughs> <laughs> close the door and walk away <laughs> but he's like invites her in they walk around she tastes some borscht yeah it's, it's real home very friendly yeah you get a sense that the, there's family there's kids sure. running around community yeah right 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 they're, they're planning for a big party and uh, the the duality of this friendliness, family oriented group of guys that then are trafficking yeah. girls. I love for a I love a good mob it party. Is, ooh, that underbelly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that duality of man, right? Just in the next, you know, few rooms over, that's when the, their human trafficking is going. And out in the front room is a hundred year old birthday celebration for, right. as part of this big community event, and she's seeing the community side. And we're seeing the community side too. We don't really know the connections yet. Oh yeah, you. F- I felt. Mo- I felt for it. The for way the, the movie text. unfolds and reveals alliances, you know, it's you don't think of this as a alliance switching that kind of twist movie, but motivations get revealed and uh, as events become known. I love the turns this movie takes. Yeah, it's got this other plot running side by side with the baby who might belong to someone in the mob yeah there's also a cool subplot of the captain who's been killed by this group and then the chechens want oh we open with some oh this opening this is (laughs) this is how you know you're in for a good cronenberg movie when 30 seconds in you have to like turn away from a barbershop neck slicing you get a oh, b- real, it's a, a real hack job, man. <laughs> it's not a slice. Oh god, that no. kid went in rough. No one told that kid how to slice a neck. That kid went in choppy. It was like turkey dinner. Yeah, it was some turbulence oh, on that neck slashing. Man, that, front that and center. kid did not. That kid had a simple straight blade barber knife, and he went in like he was with a serrated edge, cutting through some French bread. Man, it really was. <laughs> Carved into this Czechoslovakian man's neck. He's scooping up peanut butter. It's terrible. God, what a cut. (laughs) Just slice, my boy. What are you doing? And then you get, yeah, Cronenberg does these quick bursts of violence that are so messy and so spurty. Mm -hmm. And so showing the sloppiness of, uh, we've kind of seen that technique pulled off effectively in a few movies we've covered. Like the messiness of... uh, vengeance is mine Mm. the guy's just going around hacking people up off in a ditch yeah yeah you know like no caution and 
uh, something like Candyman, where you see a room with just the grossest, worst blood splatter. And so seeing the way Cronenberg uses blood to not mm-hmm. be uh, just buckets of blood, but more shorter gushing bursts of it, you know, it's so much more off-putting and yeah, doesn't look like a squib. Just gives you a little you taste know? of it so that your mind can reel in horror. Yeah, man. And imagine the It's these quick shots of, of violence. You, you mentioned history of violence being so pretty much spiritually connected to this movie, you know, and it kind of feels that way. The violence in that movie was just these quick, awful shots that just sat with me for a month. You know, a guy getting glass from the coffee pot embedded in his eye and face, you know, or somebody getting their nose broke up into their Mm. skull, you know, just such a quick shot that just is so, you know what you're seeing and your brain fills in this horror. And he's so good at doing just that. You know in this movie at every time there's something lurking that somebody doesn't know. There's something bad that someone doesn't know. And we don't know. We aren't really finding out at different rates as other characters are finding things out. We're not in the know. But we know it could go sour at any moment. But it just feels like it's waiting to go bad constantly. You've brought up the idea of like the horror and the, the tension comes from wondering how bad is it going to get yes and, and when and like you said earlier when is Cassell gonna explode when is he gonna explode when, when is, is Vigo it... gonna have to do something bad yeah you know and we get there don't worry but <laughs> this movie is such a master class in that threat of violence that Scorsese does so well and yes that, and that the best you know stuff in the Sopranos and the best kind of mob stuff that you think of is like the violence is cool but mm-hmm. that moment before the violence when you're wondering if it's going to turn. Yes. Is, I think that's the best. It's in The scariest horror movies to me are the ones that make me scared of the violence or the horror that I'm about to exactly. see. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, a one that does tension right can just really scare me. You're making me go up this long roller coaster, and I know the higher I go up, the steeper the fall is going to be. And I, uh, mm-hmm. That's what really gets to me when it can do that. And Cronenberg does that with human horror. He's great mm-hmm. at doing this human as horror, what humans can do. And some of it's more fantastical or science fiction, you know, <laughs> what humans can create, like sure. in The Fly or Existence. Uh, and others are more like what gross, awful, depraved things humans can do. And when he started tackling that more in the 2000s, the crimes that men can do. Yeah, it's so, funny how this is like considered a realistic part in his career. Mm-hmm. Where it's no less yet yeah, depraved and and awful and yeah, like you said, just really violent stuff. Yeah, but because it's not some sort of Burroughs adaptation, <laughs> right? Or something, it's people, not weird. Yeah, it's, do, it's him doing a straight movie, but it's still a, clearly a Cronenberg movie. But having a guy carve a dude's neck like a turkey. Yeah, yeah. But this is a movie that can get like respectable Oscar nominations. You know, not just like effects makeup right. nominations. Vigo got a nomination for his performance. Deservedly. It's tough to get nominated like the same year that Daniel Day Lewis does a movie. Oh, sure. <laughs> I think yeah. that had I think that was the There Will Be Blood. That's year. like we only do one kind of indie guy yeah. a year. We're not gonna <laughs> Cronenberg never really gets that same you know, maybe because he's Canadian and, and he works outside the system. Yeah. But he, yeah, you never he, see him. He doesn't get that. that same similar acclaim that Lynch has has been really been welcomed in yeah. by the Academy sure. in recent years. He even got an honorary Oscar and mm-hmm. had gotten a couple nominations, but Cronenberg's never gotten that same level of 
effect, even though, I mean, the levels of quality are pretty similar. They're pretty comparable. I I would say, uh, yeah, he gets good people to work with him. He's got great (laughs) visions for his movies. Uh, He makes a lot more movies than David Lynch. I'd love to see Lynch put out as many movies as Cronenberg. Yeah, I think it might also just come down to the way Cronenberg movies specifically make people uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is him making a normal movie that got Oscar buzz and Golden Globe nominations that, you know, 70-year-olds would see at the indie Mm -hmm. cinema. And then they see some pretty horrific shit. And so Cronenberg can bring that to an audience. And I think he made so many just slimy, greasy, (laughs) gross shock pictures that were even though they were the best genre films of their type, you know, I think it's that disrespect that horror gets. He's he's there's a bit of an S and M kind of yeah kink to a lot of his stuff, and not necessarily this movie, but yeah, I could definitely it's, see he how, doesn't get it for the same reason Carpenter didn't get yeah, but also you know, Oscar nomination. A big part of this movie is like underage girl sex trafficking. Yes, and we get a whole flop house scene, which is like. Who pays for that? I don't. I don't understand how these things work because I, I, I it's know, the grossest man. I know. thing. It's always you've so ever gross, seen. man. It is always so it's gross. It's so sad, and it's uh, always such a bummer. <laughs> it is the worst thing. I know. I just said sex trafficking is a bummer, <laughs> which is a <laughs> which is what, a real firm statement to make. I'm go ahead I, and agree I with you on that one. Yeah, that's yeah. a real hard stance. I understand, <laughs> but it's always such a drag seeing this like i can't understand how it appeals to any depraved like i've i don't know if i've ever met a depraved person that could go through I guess, this guess yeah we know, don't know these people in I this guess. yeah and so yet it feels immediately so real so undeniable that this is clearly a thing mm-hmm. that exists and is terrible and for him to go into making a not a horror movie but a 10 years too early you were never really here you know, that mm. kind of film as like an Oscar bait kind of movie too. Holy shit. How did he pull <laughs> that off? How do you make this human horror Oscar bait movie that is scary and mm-hmm. <laughs> intense and different? Yeah. It's a, it's a cool mystery too, because you are trying to find out what's going on with this baby. Yes. And uh, people, yeah, like you said, reveal themselves in such great ways. And I just this is a great script. It's like such a tight, it's so perfectly it's cast laid so out. Well. You get all the information you need about someone like Naomi Watts and her past relationship with Uncle Stepan, her doing possible the great KGB work. uncle, which is her Russian connection to yeah. get this diary translated. So it's this great like whodunit mystery that has this dark, sinister vibe the entire time. And nobody knows something bad is going to happen. Yeah, nobody is who they say they are or seems to be. And I just love how everything is revealed and mysteries remain. Yeah. Like, you never really figure out if Stepan was in the KGB or not. Every person in in contention. (laughs) What's so great and what makes it such a strong, engaging mystery is every person in this movie has secrets. And we're not Mm going to learn every secret about all of these characters. We aren't going to learn everywhere these people have been and what they've done. What's real and what's not. Yeah. yeah. And the stuff we do find out is someone sometimes really shocking. We find out enough. Totally. And I love how ballsy Naomi Watts is and how deep she gets into this world. I always have that appeal to these movies like, geez, Blue Velvet. 
where Kyle McLaughlin keeps going deeper and deeper into this world that is nothing but red flags. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's clearly making so many bad decisions in that movie to get to where he winds up. And I like watching these decisions that I will never make. Oh, absolutely. Naomi, I get this diary of a 14-year-old girl who had a baby and then died. And I find out that she was, like, being drugged heroin and, and sold for... And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to find the Russians that did this. I better go over to that restaurant that's oh my mentioned gosh. in the sex trafficking diary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's a clue. I'm going to show up alone on a weekday. Maybe give it to the police or... Oh, my gosh. But yeah, she's she's so motivated to find who find yeah. someone for this baby to it's take care of. It's this naive quality that yeah. she has at the same time as being you know, too tough for her own good, almost. Yeah. Too good for her own good. Riding her dad's old oh, motorcycle. She looks so cool on that motorcycle. So good. That's Just a great... Naomi Watts motorcycle up. goggles. I love... I love <laughs> Naomi Oh, the helmet Watts goggles this on this. She looks so great. Yeah. This is a great... Everybody looked great in this movie. Yes. Cronenberg knows how to get these people right for the role. Again, Vigo. I don't think he's never... I don't think he's looked better in any movie. I don't know this how his hair did that. Look, what a cut. It's amazing. What a cut. <laughs> I will say in hindsight, so I've seen I've seen Green Book. Okay. I will say Vigo not. did not eat nearly as many entire hoagies <laughs> in this movie yeah, as yeah. he did in Green Book. So we didn't get to see like this dude eat a hoagie. I don't know how if that would have been a plus or minus. We see him drink some vodka, but I don't <laughs> I don't think he drink uh, I yeah, love- eats any hoagies. I couldn't I couldn't stop watching this this dude's performance. The way he stood the way he held his hands when he stood. Mm-hmm. This guy looked like he could be capable of any danger at any time. He always looked like more of a more than a chauffeur. Oh yeah. But for sure. Naomi Watts is so strong-headed and insistent on going through with this that I'm starting to wonder if what does she have in this? Like where is she she has to have a different deeper motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting to not trust and wanting to trust everybody in this movie. They're all bad, they all have secrets, but their their intentions are are pretty pure. And it's great how it unfolds. It's got I mean for such a bleak subject matter, it does have this hopeful yes. or or uh yeah, like positive it's a tough, vibe going that you don't see in every Cronenberg. It's kind a of tough movie. line. People to trying to thread. do the right thing. We've talked uh, in all these Cronenberg movies. One of his constant themes is like a metamorphosis mm-hmm. or a trans transformation. We've seen that a lot. <laughs> it's, I think it's the thing he has to go to the most. And we see these people transform. This movie, we see Cassell become more unhinged. We see this slow metamorphosis of Armin Mueller Stahl from the kind stew making mm-hmm. grandfather to the most evil man in that part of London. But it's 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 more that our perceptions are transforming the right? more we learn about them rather than they as characters. Right. Yeah. The Very more cool. we get of the story and Cassell really again, like this time I really focused in on him more because it's easy for me to just see him doing this drunk falling down yeah over exaggerated kind of performance. good crap falls though man has anyone been more <laughs> drunk maybe except dudley Moore on screen than that uh dean martin in, in cannonball <laughs> in <life>. run yeah <laughs> but this time kind of honing in on the his secret 
as uh, maybe being gay, and then kind of yeah. clearly by the end, I actually you're like, oh, never yeah. picked up on that uh, side story. I missed that. That's what the rumors were being spread, and why yeah. he wanted to have that but check then, man killed. I wonder if that is the rumor, or if that's just what Vigo says to the old man to yeah to flip the favor because because right. v- we learn things about Vigo and his ulterior motives, and when uh, they they are dumping the body. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Vincent Cassell calls him a pederast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a, like a pedophile, I think. Yes. So if they were to find out that about him, certainly that's something that you would have been killed over. So you, it's like, yeah, well, it's what's it's, you know who's saying who's the, making a rumor about whom and what's true, and it's one of those mob movies where some guy kills a guy above his status, yeah. and then the people that know he killed a guy above his status come looking for him. At the entire same time, this baby murder mystery is going on. Exactly. So I love that. everybody has their own uh, different plots and motivations and reason for their behavior that we're all kind of slowly learning. And yeah, when you talk about dumping a body after this mm. hack job of a throat slashing, <laughs> and Vigo's doing this criminally precise way Oof. of getting rid of a, a man's identifiers that you know this guy has disposed of a ton of bodies. I laughed so hard this time Whoa. watching it. No, no, no. It's <laughs> like the least funny movie. No, when they open up the chest freezer, and he knocks on the body because oh. it's frozen, and he just goes, you have a hair dryer. <laughs> and they just blow dry in this body to warm I mean, it back up. There is that macabre humor that dark humor that's kind of there but mm-hmm. I, I guess this movie was just too constantly sinister for me to <laughs> yeah. get too comfortable to like laugh at it i i guess i laughed a few times then, yeah I, there's I, a great joke where uh he's giving naomi watts a ride home and <laughs> she says have you met some a girl named tatiana i meet a lot of girls named tatiana well this one was pregnant in that case never heard of her <laughs> And I swear to God, Vigo does this look when she doesn't react. He kind of looks and goes like, I thought it was funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a slight little eyebrow like, I thought that was good. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. Full credit. All right. I loved it. That is legitimately funny. It's good. There's a few things like that. Uh, I guess the... But I think this is a great movie that reveals more and you pick up more and you appreciate more every time. I have. Every time I've watched it, I've gotten for, more out of it. For me, it has so many people that aren't funny <laughs> and are instead the opposite <laughs> yeah. of funny. Vincent Cassell is so anti-funny in this movie. He's sad. Yeah. He has crazy eyes. That uh, ugh, and he, he's he, does. he has crazy eyes. Man, he's just scary to watch. And so it's like so unfunny and there's so much Vigo attached to him. Vigo's just in the thick of it and we find out i had forgotten that if this was the case or not because i hadn't seen this movie in 15 years mm-hmm. and i found out i saw an interview with cronenberg where he said he made a big deal about critics not spoiling this movie's big twist right should uh, we are we are we gonna well, spoil we just it? warned it now and so okay. i don't know how many people care about that kind of spoiler thing, for the twist deep guys. into the movie i mean yeah, 80 yeah. plus percent of the oh, way yeah. of the movie when it's revealed that vigo is just deep undercover so the sad. deepest undercover man's oh. I, f- I forget it every time that man that i see the movie and it's like it hits me fresh every time because he's know why. so real this is yeah. not oh, like so a, convincing this so is convincing. not like the the sad 
Donnie Brasco performance. Right. <laughs> with, you know, just a, oh, wait. <laughs> like, right. He is so deep into this character. Oh, he is, I feel like he is this guy. He's just also working for the There's government. There's stories around this time because he had so much of this authentic Russian mob tattoo work. These prison tattoos and these crime syndicate tattoos that were so accurate to detail. So it would take a long time getting these redone, touched up constantly. I bet. Yeah. And so a lot of times he would just be offset in them. Oh, just. Yeah. And so, yeah. And he it was just one of those ones where he knew it was going to be so convincing because he was obviously looking like the most menacing human in any place he's been. You just see those hand tattoos and those that hair. If he's going out looking like that just to get a bagel, he's, holy shit. But he's like speaking Russian and Ukrainian. Yeah. And doing That's, that. I think he's got the best accent in this movie. Everyone's doing an accent. Well, you have this movie best. with the four principal actors in this Russian movie are an American, an Australian, a German guy, yeah. Stahl, and a Frenchman, right. Cassell. So they're all like four people that are not Russian in any way all speaking these different dialects, but it kind of works. And it's this subtlety that I wouldn't have ever noticed possible in the first movie, first time I saw it, where Vigo speaks Ukrainian all of a sudden to that one prostitute, that one yes. victim. Yes, And I wouldn't have picked up that he changed dialects and then started hitting like, who is this guy? Who mm-hmm. is he really? Why, why did he know this? What is he doing? And that's that first turn in the character we see when he's like, is he helping her? You don't really know if he is or not. We know he's sympathetic to her. Yeah, he's yeah. forced to have During sex one of with the a prostitute. Most unpleasant sex. Vigo yeah. is real good at, at at bringing some like rough sex. I, yeah, exactly. Rough sex scenes in a lot of Vigo movies. You got to think after a history of violence, him and Cronenberg were both like, so we're going to definitely make sure I still do the rough sex in the next movie, right? History of violence had some of the realest, rawest sex scenes in a movie, man. The stair scene and then the che- Yeah. And Eastern problem. This is more. See, that was at least this passionate human yes, connection. That was a consensual. That was consensual joyful but just like intense uh-huh this is just a real bummer just a- <laughs> another real bummer man this is about as bummery as the movie gets this scene this where is such a sad yeah uh but important scene for vincent cassell's character where he is using his technical power mm-hmm. over vigo's character where he knows vigo is uh the tougher braver man vigo's killed enough men and cut off their fingertips and taken out their teeth to remove their identifiers vigo's killed so many men you know you've crossed a line in your life when you have your like personal dumping spot (laughs) your favorite your favorite body dumping spot you go oh it's like oh yeah it's great there's this alley by the tims yeah Yeah, it's got this perfect you can walk right down current but obviously the cops find that body, so yeah. he's been lying to them about th- it's the body's not getting found. Vigo's so deep into this role and this person that I think it's so easy to forget that this turn comes where you find out he's technically a good guy. Yeah, because he's done too many bad things to how how much good is being balanced out so far that's into what, his time. Yeah, that's what always gets me about these undercover movies and maybe the the real life thing if this is actually happening it's like 
the goal would be to save these girls, I would think. Yeah. And to have to watch them not get saved for years while you're building a case. To be 10 years deep into this life while you're participating actively and brazenly in this life. Like, you don't just get randomly appointed at his position. You have to work your way up. And so how much awful did he bring in just to get to his level? I like to think, though, that because we learned that he sets uh, Stepan up in a five-star hotel in Scotland. Yes. I'd love to think that there's like 45 dudes living in Scotland. (laughs) Thanks to Vigo. people up in Edinburgh. Just like, yeah, I killed a lot of guys. And every time it's like, I got another one. You got a storm in Scotland. And then the government just pays for some dude to start a new life. Oh, yeah. No, this one spit in my face, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they I'm, keep doing. I'm putting that. him up in a nice hotel, though. <laughs> he's <laughs> well, old school. He yeah, he's running this deep cover scam that you s- can see coming. I guess if you're looking for it, but he's so oh, convincing you, this man not, that you're not yeah. looking for it. So it's one of those great ways where Cronenberg's putting these clues in plain sight. Yeah. Oh, there's even a. Scene. But he's so convincing that yeah. it wouldn't have crossed my mind until the reveal. After he's sympathetic to the prostitute, he gives her a bunch of cash and like a card, and just says, "Stay alive a little while longer." And then, yeah. like later, and it never tracked with me before, but later Cassell tells Vigo, "That girl you fucked, uh, the cops came and took her away." Yeah, yeah. And so he saved that. He did save that girl. Yeah. And it's just like, but I never would have put those pieces together. Right. It's without such a, twist. you know, you don't know these so people cool. and it's such, you don't know the story the first time you're watching it. You're, so you aren't like yeah. piecing together these connections. And so this is one of those great second viewing movies where when you know the story and it's more clear and you can follow these changing motivations with new knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you see how deep these layers run and you think about these characters' histories. He doesn't show you their histories, but you see what they're doing and you hear about what they're, you know what they're capable of. And you can just see what it took to get them to where they've all gotten. You said everybody has secrets in this movie and the way it keeps building, the violence and the way it keeps escalating. That scene where Vigo is being uh, kind of made, basically being turned into a made man where he's getting his new tattoo work. And he's stripped to his uh, boxer briefs in front of this yeah. weird, dangerous uh, Russian mob council. Give me a Russian mob council. These guys. Dude, what a collection. What a perfect mix of, like the like Armin, uh, guys who wouldn't look mm-hmm. too terrifying on the street, but sitting in those chairs were ghastly. It's, Just it's, it's, that's the horror of it, men. is yeah. uh, people that you wouldn't expect. It's one of the things that's so horrifying wasn't expecting to bring this one up, but the the scene in Requiem for a Dream with Keith David in oh. <laughs> when you see a bunch of pretty normal guys participating in one of the most deviant things you've ever seen in a, in a movie mm-hmm. to that point. And you're seeing these pretty normal-looking grandpas that are saying some of the most inhuman, savage stuff to break Vigo and show his to make loyalty. sure he's yeah loyal, and he doesn't flinch. No, he is. So he doesn't cool. flinch at any point in this movie. Just ice water. This is the coldest. It's yet crazy. Re- let human performance. And watching that scene uh, again, knowing that he is an undercover guy, getting this new level, this promotion, and being able to just roll with it. Yeah. And 
I don't think convince us and these guys. Well, so for a guy that I don't know so why good. I've never thought to connect uh, Vigo Mortensen and Harvey Keitel. Mm. Since uh, they project similarly in a lot of ways, like in a lot a, of choices, be a good father-son <laughs> movie. Absolutely, bad dads. <laughs> but, but this role, I don't think it's possible for Harvey Keitel to do a role where he's like this cool mm. and this together. The the when it takes going across the line. And taking it too far, I can see that. But I don't think he could do what Vigo did in this movie. I don't think a lot of actors would would do it because it is so understated. Yes, he's hardly. I mean, in a lot of ways, he he's hardly doing anything. You he's talk, just sitting still <laughs> about, and reacting coolly to things. His sense of humor and the cool way that he can talk to cute girls about motorcycles. Yeah, and brush off like casual jokes like nothing. Like <laughs> he's water. You know, like just like man, this guy's cool as hell. Yeah, and uh, that danger that lurks underneath his very well-fitting trench coat. Mm. You know, it's just a casting decision that was. I don't know who could have done this. I don't know who could have made this role so convincing in his specific way. It's perfect for him, and it's such a rewarding performance. It's, again, terrible luck to be in this. Of all the movies, there will be blood. Mm. comes out like the exact same time you kidding me bad luck for him but it really put him on the map as a guy that this is what he's capable of this isn't just a guy in running around with elves right oh yeah exactly right <laughs> all of that great work that he did in the night you know like i said if if you've never seen indian runner again i don't think i have no it's that same kind of raw wild animal performance you know he's just a brother who's always on the wrong side of the law and david morris is his brother who's a cop Mm-hmm. It's one of the. It's, I think it's a Sean Penn directed movie, and he's just this raw animal. And but nobody saw that movie when it came out in '91. That played art houses. This is a movie that now people knew who he was because of Lord of the Rings. And now these movies are getting this dramatic attention. And I can't, It's like the biggest home run. He deserves all the acclaim for this movie. The way he takes the heart of this movie and takes it from such a brutal man into a man that you see these glimpses of him trying to help. And when we learn he is undercover. Yeah. You don't know how to think. <laughs> you don't know how to think about these people. Even Vincent Cassell gets kind of a sympathetic arc where he's accepting his he kind is of at the end, desperation absolutely. and his sadness. Yeah. And he realizes what a terrible man his father is and how he doesn't need to be, you know, so slavish to this man. Mm-hmm. So even he gets his weird redemption arc after forcing Vigo to have joyless sex in front of him with a poor woman that Vigo's trying to save. And these are these are awful people that are all uh, that all have human there's sides. A, there's a great scene with Cassell towards the end where he's blowing up balloons with the yeah, young girl, just for another party at their restaurant. Like, he's just like uncle or dad. It's probably her, his daughter. I think yeah. it sounds yeah, like he's a forty year old guy. Sure, he's got kids. You know, he's living his lie, but uh, he. Uh, yeah, he just comes across as such a sad, mm-hmm. gentle person in that moment. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. That, again, it's that great Scorsese thing you talked about of seeing the nice side of some of these guys or seeing yeah. their at-home life, mm-hmm. you know, while they're also, uh, you know, burying a man alive. And Vigo is so... There's this line that was so cool where he's talking about his his work, how deep he is, and he says... I live in the zone now. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. 
Let's get I live in the zone now in our intro. It's oh sure, I want to live right? in the zone now, man. <laughs> Does That's, he say it in uh, English or Russian? Oh shoot, man! I don't, I don't know. remember. I just hear I just heard it in my head is this own its own cool thing. It's like, like I died when I like was in, fifteen. Like in uh, I live in the zone. Like in now. Boogie Nights when uh, the names going off and like exploding <laughs> flash bulbs. I'm just thinking like I live in the zone now, and it's like yeah, we should all live in the Hell zone yeah. now. Oh man, so <laughs> that's cool. one of the coolest. That's one of those. That's that feels like just like the sliver of the weirdness of Cronenberg. Well, it's so weird right? because it sounds like it could. If if I would have told you that quote came from a movie, you you probably would have guessed like rad. Sure. Before you would have guessed. <laughs> right, the Russian <laughs> Eastern mob movie. Promises. Yeah. And somehow just said by Vigo, it is. It's like as cool as any Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Terminator line, you know? Yeah. It should be iconic. I live in the zone now. With that slick back hair and somehow the biggest Ray Charles glasses that somehow look <laughs> like the baddest ass sunglasses on him. How yeah. does he make everything work so well? I know. It shouldn't look intimidating to see like a 40-year-old dude in a suit and sunglasses, but <laughs> yeah. it is. He is the scariest man on <laughs> every is. street he appears in this movie. There is never a scene where he is not the scariest dude. Like, yeah. how does that, how did Even he... when he's naked in a bathhouse. Oh, <laughs> how did this dude think he was okay to just go down to the to McDonald's on his lunch break at the set and go out in public looking like this guy? Right. How did he? How was he surprised that this got negative public attention? This guy looks scary, and when we realize he might have been, when we get to his big promotion and that big scene where he is just stripped to his underwear in front of the the council, mm-hmm. being judged for his his yep. crimes as a man and how far he has gone. They're asking him questions based on the tattoos, and they're looking him over, and yeah, that concept yeah. of. Uh, their tattoos being their like life story in what crimes they've done and what mm-hmm. what what limits they've pushed and how far they've gone that's that's scary shit <laughs> that's some tribal scary shit man yeah that's crazy that's just like getting your war crimes tattooed on your body with like the date that you did your crimes like, what <laughs> that's just part of your organization these are the people that there's so many. You notice there's no guns in this movie, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> isn't yeah. That, isn't this crazy how violent and scary this movie feels, and nobody pulls a gun in the entire flick. Everybody's just cutting each other with linoleum knives. Is that what those are? Yeah, they're like these weird hook knives with like a. So I had to know. I had yeah. to know why everybody was carrying around a linoleum <laughs> life used for like if you're a contractor. Okay. And so Cronenberg just either read about this or got this idea because if you're carrying around a gun and get stopped by the cops, oh, you're, done. you're coming in. Yeah. But if you're a big meaty guy carrying around a linoleum knife, oh yeah, you're just getting picked up for a job. Mm. You know, you're going out to pull it, put in some flooring somewhere. Plausibility. There you go. It gives well, you that little like deniability. How, yeah, I guess that makes sense with the opening is the the razor blade in the barber shop. Yeah. No one's going to question the razor blade being Right? There. Even the guy who's about to get the neck slit doesn't quite seem to understand that he's about to get his neck Man, slit. Man, how did when that When the dude's holding dude... a, a razor blade in front of him the... just being like, finish the job! <laughs> the... <laughs> Could you cut the man's throat? The, he's uh... like, wait, me? <laughs> There's nobody else in the barber shop. There's just the three of them. How did this Czechoslovakia dude rise to such a level of power 
If the guy standing behind him is like holding his shoulders while holding out a knife to another man being like, okay, well, do the thing that you came here to do. And the guy guy sitting in the chair is like, hey, leave the kid alone. Dude. If Wait, you're God. like sitting, if if I'm dumb enough to be like sitting in the passenger seat of an automobile and an Italian man is in the back seat <laughs> right behind me and the driver's like, hey, uh, Clemenza, do that thing that we came out here to do today. Like, I think even me in that situation would be like, like scrambling for the door. This guy takes like five miscues hey, that he's about Mendoza to get carved up. Oh, like, man, just it. keep a steady hand <laughs> with the blade. Steady, like, <laughs> what are you waiting for? And even at the end, yeah, the the two Chechenian guys coming to kill Mortensen, thinking he's Vincent Cassell, yeah, because it's a setup all along. Yeah, you great get this, twist there too. This twist that, but even then, it's like there's they, two other guys in the bathhouse. It's like, get out of there! There's two. I mean, dudes. they tried. But what would you do? <laughs> it's a confined space. As soon as but, you see guys all in black walking into your naked only bathhouse, yeah, so, guys, get the hell out. So it's it's nuts that there's no guns in this movie and it yeah. feels like one of the most violent movies <laughs> ever made that's not you know just a bloody zombie movie or something and vigo's illustrated man when we finally see him when did he get promoted to the level in the mob just to set just to be a patsy for vincent cassell's fuck up or I was think that just a coincidence they a needed, happy accident i think they needed stars on his shoulders to kill him in the back because once once they find out that uh, it was a setup that, that, all along that in Cassell had that guy, that dumbest man on earth, butchered in a in a barber salon. Mm-hmm. But they find out that they're coming for him, but they don't know what he looks like. Right. So did they just give Vigo the stars to? Uh... Yep. And Vigo's so deep into his ego because he's been playing this character for so long that he's thinking he's getting. Yeah, he doesn't. Lifted he didn't seem to, to this see status. Yeah, exactly. He thinks he's this deep. And then we he does get, kind of think he's hot shit. Like he keeps I mean, telling the old man, like that's enough, or telling him what to do. Yeah, he really starts stepping in to yeah. family business. So you do see a little the of the way he so coolly plays against Cassell's desperation. He mm. knows Cassell could have him do some shit, and the way he, without ever saying it, lets Cassell know that he does not care, and he will do it, and one day be his boss. Mm. And Cassell realizes it. No words are exchanged. These guys just are so these characters. I believe these stories. Right. The movie, when it builds to Vigo getting double-crossed in one of, what, top five fights in movie history? Such a memory. Oh, man. Nobody else has done a fight like this. I remember when this came out, and it got criticized by some people for just being violent for the sake of violence. Which is the dumbest way to walk away from this movie. Yeah. That's just people that were shocked by this fight. And it is shocking. So I get people having dumb takes. But it is very much like Psycho or something where it's like, really, there's about a minute of violence here and yeah. three minutes of violence at the end. That's kind of... And at its it. heart is a story about a woman just trying to solve right. an unknown girl's murder. It's a story with good heart. That, peop- that the violence is so shocking and so unexpected in some ways. To write off this violence as just for the sake of violence. This man is about to be double-crossed. He's deeper than almost any <laughs> informant or uh, you know undercover agent has ever been. He's living the life of one of the truly evil man. 
And now he's going to be in a, you know, this is not just a violent fight to have a violent fight in a movie. Right. This is the culmination of a humongous mob double cross yeah. with a warring uh, mob coming in from Czechoslovakia, you know, to attack the Polish-Russian mob in a bathhouse. This isn't just a, oh, yeah, they had a violent fight because he likes violence. <laughs> we needed another kill in there. Yeah, it's such a dumb yeah. complaint. for the. I think it's just because this is a shocking fight and people probably had reactions to it it's this is an oscar nominated movie and you know some uh people were seeing this out at summerfield oh for sure and we're we're coming out shaken (laughs) how do you you think that dick played on the big screen man vigo (laughs) i don't remember if i saw it on the big screen or oh i did (laughs) i saw it at summerfield (laughs) nobody expected him to be this naked but when you think (laughs) about this scene it's like yeah you pretty it pretty much could only work if you're naked Honestly, yeah. he needed to be just like balls flying around, man. This scene, the word brave gets thrown around so much. <laughs> yeah, right. But this is not just a performance. I'm more thinking now, maybe because I'm older, I'm an old man. The most painful thing for me is not just flying around with my my just taint exposed like so many times to the big screen, but like. I'm thinking of how hard it would hurt my knees to be scrabbling around yeah, on right. this tile bathhouse floor. Like, oh, God, that must be doing hell on the old joints. Probably cold as hell. He's <laughs> landing on his tailbone. Oh, no, that's the thing. It was it was hot as hell in that oh, I guess steam so. joint, right? But this this is one of the... <laughs> you we, know, movie saunas. You, you, you can never tell. Sure. <laughs> it's actually just, just dry ice. It's yeah, freezing exactly. cold in there. He's like, really? We can't get it hotter? <laughs> In here, uh, uh, my dick's out for three minutes. We can't get it. Would fog up the lenses, Vigo. If I was doing the nude scene, I want it steamy as hell. I wanted to get enough extra outside help for my big screen roll. If that thing's gonna be flopping around for three straight minutes as I'm getting literally thrown ass over crown (laughs) through like through rooms, this is the rawest fight (laughs) on film, man. This is so raw, like you. You wouldn't even expect... You'd be shocked if this showed up in a shot-on-video thing, you know, where oh, they definitely. could convince just some random dude to be... I guess the the most crazy nudity ever is the sleepaway camp nudity because they somehow talked that guy into showing... Mm-hmm. To doing that against everybody's best wishes, I assume. <laughs> and so it's crazy to get a guy this naked for this long flopping around this much in a movie when you don't even see that in the lowest budget movies to see that in a movie where a guy got an Oscar nomination. And how could you not show like this scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're nominating him? Right. That's true. Yeah. In women in love, there's this famous naked wrestling match with Oliver Reed and Alan Bates where they're on like a bearskin rug in front of a fireplace, just straight up naked dude fighting. You've clearly you've not seen Women in Love. I take it you probably no. that would have stuck out no, as a no. memorable yeah. scene. But in the I have the bear rug. But <laughs> yeah, you got the fireplace, got the bear rug. <laughs> uh, episode one fifty is coming up. <laughs> Women in Love, and uh, but in the in the context of that movie, it was just it was definitely much more of a chest beating, dick measuring kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Uh, here, the nudity to this scene is incidental it's a fight for your life yeah it's vigo yeah. fighting for his life while having to stab guys in the eye with a linoleum knife oh the the back of the head stab <sighs> though i that that's the tough one this is such <laughs> a, a brutal scene man where the one of the most real fights 
where yeah. he's taken multiple stabbings and it never feels like he's a Superman fighting through the pain. This guy is crawling, pulling himself with an arm, you know, it's at parts of this fight and the way having it in the sauna with a nice steamy wet floor means you get all this great gross running blood yeah. through the floors as he's slipping and it creates this slippery dangerous environment. Can you imagine getting into a fight at like a the edge of a public pool? <laughs> Like how much of an idiot you'd look like, oh, or it's, absolutely. it's it's why how hockey fights can go so wrong. Just like yeah, let's get into a crazy fist fight right in the ice. Am I the only one who thinks that looks so goofy? Yeah. Two guys holding each other and just like swinging <laughs> just hold, while they're because you got to hold each skates. other up for balance while trying to punch. So this scene could have looked could could have been one of those unintentionally like oh yeah we got really hurt I broke a couple ribs uh, yeah, and then yeah. the fight ends up looking like shit on the big screen. You know, we've seen some great William Smith fight scenes in movies where it's like, oh, yeah, these guys are just punching face. Mm-hmm. These guys are just punching each other as hard as they can in, like, the forehead <laughs> to make it look real, right? This fight feels like Vigo's actually getting stabbed. <laughs> it feels like he's actually getting his arm slashed. When he puts his forearm up in front of his face because he knows it's better to get his his wrist tendons cut than his eyeball cut, Yeah, you're in the shit. Yeah. Oh, and God, this some whole, leg breaks, some arm breaks. This is a long three minutes, man. It's not as long as the they live fight, but it but it's is. got that same sense of you think it's over and he's crawling away. Yeah, and then the, the the one dead guy with the thing in his chest comes <laughs> with back a knife to life. in his chest is is actually just using the last of his strength to catch him in a choke. Yeah, and then we get the <sighs> the gouging of the eyes. With I mean, the linoleum this, cutting this knife. violence is. It could have been, this movie could have shown so many more graphic, awful, harrowing things. We don't get to see a girl losing her baby. We don't get to see the rapes that are talked about. We don't get to see a ton of the trafficking or any of the, any uh, egregious heroin needle right. injections. You know, we don't see that. And so this movie isn't exploitative. The violence it feels real. <laughs> it feels uh, mm-hmm. honest and uh, horrifying. It, it's it's non it, you know commercialized or it, or it makes it's one of those movies that makes you it's feel not sensationalized. It, yeah. it, it makes you feel bad about <laughs> about liking violence. Yeah, right. You know, he, that's what he did in all of those movies. History of Violence is supposed to make you feel bad that these people are you know resorting to this violence. It's like a Michael Haneck movie, mm-hmm. same kind of thing, like funny games. And but he's fighting for his life, man. He is in this, and he needs to do what he needs to do. And this is three minutes of a fight. I remember the shocked silence in that Summerfield crowd of we're just watching this slippery, dangerous fight. Just the falls alone. <laughs> yeah. He's getting thrown into walls, slipping across floors. Everything looks like <laughs> potential danger. Mm-hmm. And God, yeah, what a. It's it's you've never seen so much potential for this much butthole by one man <laughs> a lot in of a crack. movie. A lot of crack. A lot of crack. This. I mean, we get this is a commitment. Yeah, Bronson's not out here naked fighting guys. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a next level. So I love that it's that level while also being an Academy Award nominated performance. Because how could you not? I don't know how he let it all hang out. We could say that he did. He did yeah, he left it all there on the on the film. They love it, man. That was, uh, oh, that but was... Harvey Keitel wasn't getting Oscar nominations for Bad Lieutenant. Well, he wasn't having know? to throw that thing around a bathhouse, but yeah. You know? 
And <laughs> Harvey Keitel's probably been in a bathhouse. <laughs> that man went to Plato's retreat. I am sure oh, of it. No doubt. And but it's crazy that Kai, that Vigo doesn't seem to have that same reputation as Keitel for being that kind of actor when no nah, man, he's been out there. Mm-hmm. He does this role. And his metamorphosis through this movie, when we re- reveal how he, what his motivations are, is so like, I just buy him in everything. I buy that. Oh, I, yeah. I buy that kiss at the end between him and Naomi Watts. Within five minutes, suddenly I want them to be living a happy life somewhere, raising a, a 14-year-old sex traffic victim's baby. Exactly. You know, yeah. the, the forced baby of a now a jailed mob boss. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, there were plans for a sequel. Cronenberg was going to do a sequel following Vigo and Vincent Cassell. Because as this movie ends and Vigo's uh, got enough information to put away Armin Mueller-Stahl for the rape of this girl, Mm -hmm. once the turn happens that it's another important moment that Cassell gets when he realizes who his father is. He thought she was just merely drugging and trading these women for product. Right, trading right. a girl for a truck full of uh, stolen brandy. He's fine with that. When you find out uh when we find out that uh Armin Mueller star quote broke in one of these girls because Cassell wasn't able to. And so he we find out the reason he doesn't have his respect for his father cuz he's not as depraved. Mm-hmm. For such a movie about this level of human sadness, it's not nearly as gross and exploitative and and disgusting as it could be these people operate normal lives for a lot of the, a lot of the film there's just enough of that humanity in Cassell yeah and where we, he realizes we, he's got this baby and yeah he's like she's just a little girl yeah you know it's it's this idea of the innocence and maybe maybe the metamorphosis here is how the innocence <laughs> of a child is metamorphosized far, into this darkness yeah of, and how far is too far it's the same way I remember the feeling when I saw children of men in the theater of just silence mm. in that movie oh, yeah. theater not knowing what is going to happen you know through so many parts and i remember when cassell is standing at that same the body dumping spot yeah vigo knew where to find him because he's like no 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 i knew a spot he's gonna go to my spot it's the best body dumping <laughs> exactly spot. he doesn't have his own spot apparently no he yeah he well only- that's the that's kind of that's yeah. kind of the character he doesn't have his own spot <laughs> there you go he's there by default, uh-huh. he doesn't have his own thing, and we the crowd was silent because you're watching a man holding a baby in a duffel bag over current. It's an it's, <laughs> it's an uneasy room, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's that level of how how far can can this man go? How deep and how bad is he? And the human sides of this movie are so important that if you walk away just thinking this is a movie that glorifies violence, you Missed every point. I think so. Made in the movie. You missed everything. Yeah, this is definitely one of those movies where the violence is serious and has consequences and makes you feel, yeah, a you little, a about, little ill. A little you talked Ill. about how it's it's a movie that can make you feel ill, but earlier you mentioned how there's a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. And you get this sense at the end that, you know, Vigo and Cassell have this moment where Cassell's almost accepting that his father is... They're gonna basically leave him behind. He's he, gone. His, his father's gone too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is. So it's this sense of salvation, uh, even though you know this has been a man who's done the most vile things. Mm-hmm. But that sense of still 
getting salvation. It's important to his this, to have a heart in these movies because it's not then just violence. <laughs> these people have have purpose then. And yeah, I guess the plan was that there was going to be a sequel a few years later, or probably around when A Dangerous Method got mm. made, because Cassell and Vigo are both in that. And it was because right. it was going to follow those two as Vigo moves up the ranks to boss and Cassell with him. Interesting. Hmm. And it was written by the same guy. The plan was in effect, and then it just got scrapped. Hmm. Except for now. What? It is being rebooted again. <laughs> I'm looking same behind Same script. What do you mean? <laughs> no longer attached to Cronenberg. Okay. Starring Jason Statham. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> I swear to God. What is it? What, is, I swear, what cruel man. prank are you playing when I on looked, me? When I heard that there was supposed to be a sequel, I was like, oh, is like, is that licensed? Is that who's going to be doing that? Yeah, man. It was an article from just like a few months ago. Weird. It's on tap to be a new 2022 Statum flick. The sequel to Eastern Promises. The 15 years later sequel. That's so weird to me. I'm I'm having a <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess I am so hyped for the Rock <laughs> Fly reboot. <laughs> I know, right? I'm not. Oh my god, I'm so sick it's of seeing be these assholes like in movies, man. This Stay movie up. doesn't feel that old. Fifteen years, and it doesn't it feel doesn't. dated no. in the way a lot of two thousands movies feel. Two thousands, we've talked before. It's an era that somehow aged more than. <laughs> A yeah. lot of other eras, just a uh, for a for a bunch of different reasons, and this doesn't show that age. This feels like it just as relevant now, and just as good now, and looks just as timeless now. Mm-hmm. Vigo's character doesn't adhere to any specific fashion. These people all look real, and to think of it now just becoming a Jason Statham franchise is the weirdest thing. It doesn't make any well, again, sense because it's not an action movie. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for the rev- like the atonement revival. What, yeah, what, what we- other tw- two thousand seven drama like uh, the Reservation Road reboot? But with even the- like I feel like a history of violence is much more. I would sure. see that being a sequel or or a series that gets picked you up. You can again do a prequel to that as, you story. Know, the guy least. hiding out in another small town, and they, it's just they an get odd, him again. But just an odd direction for. for I love people how this to get one ideas. ends. I, I feel like this one has a perfect ending. It's uh, you, you get a glimpse of, that Naomi Watts has saved the baby, and they're happy. Yeah, and in their idyllic life, and Vigo is at the restaurant in the boss's table, doing that hundred yard stare of. He's moving up. He's deeper than. We I, knew he was. I love that ending. When I, when I was thinking of the Harvey Keitel kind of role, where he's he's deeper, but more he's just lying to everyone for for his own purposes. Yeah, <laughs> Keitel doesn't do like undercover guys. He's just like an undercover shitbag, <laughs> and he's trying to keep that hidden. Yeah. And so Vigo's where we see him through most of the movie. We realize this burden that he's carrying, all the, oh, yeah. the stuff that he's done. This weight. So we know that final shot of him sitting now in the, the boss's chair. It's very similar to the one in Dangerous Method, the final shot of Fassbender sitting in his chair just having a nervous breakdown. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, just that the movie ends with just the main character kind of taking in the weight of everything. I mean, yeah, that's, I, I like that's a lot of Cronenberg conclusions, right? That. Yeah. We get a lot of Cronenberg movies building to people realizing and the consequences of their mm-hmm. their actions, right? Their uh, transformation 
and now they're reflections on their transformation right, and what they're left with yeah and we see the gamut <laughs> you know vigo's uh, the way he plays that shot is very different than like you said fastbender's breakdown at the end it's not as solemn and uh, mm-hmm. but they're in it yeah. <laughs> the, he's still we, in the zone you yeah know they these people are all in the zone now <laughs> when william smith is going to the western canadian funny car circuit finals <laughs> You can't be anywhere but the zone. Cronenberg makes movies about people in the zone. Yeah, he's in the fast zone. <laughs> I love this zone. One of my favorite zones. This was a cool flick. I'm so glad to watch it again. And I think it's one of those where, man, I kind of want to watch it again right away. And keep, right. And like, yeah, I want to. <laughs> but I also kind of want to wait another five years, forget the twists at the end, and then see it. This fresh is a great again. movie to see again for the first time 15 yeah. years later. The Absolutely. stuff that stuck with me. And the new things that jumped out and just impacted me. I, at this point, don't know if there's going to be a Cronenberg movie that I'm going to like less on rewatch. Every mm. every time I've done a, a recent Cronenberg rewatch, they've all grown so much in their, like, Dangerous Method. That grew. Yeah, That yeah. was great. That was so great. But the last time I watched The Brood, that jumped up at me. You know, Scanner. Like, what movie of his am I going to like less? M. Butterfly, mm. will it be you? Have you seen, when's the last time you saw Naked Lunch? Yeah, that's, that's I'm, the I'm one. I'm worried I'm, about. I'm, I'm a kind of Naked Lunch agnostic, you know, I'm yeah. not a, we'll see. But now, how can you deny this man? Yeah. This I, man has ideas and knows how to execute them. Eastern Promises, before this watch, I don't know if I'd think about it as one of my top 10 Cronenbergs. And now you're wondering, is this top five mm. Cronenberg, you know? I don't think I can put it over history of violence yet, mm. but it's now a top five consideration, and I wasn't expecting nice. that. I don't think you can deny this Vigo performance. Not just his best performance ever. I think this has become one of my favorite characters in movies. It's a great role, and uh, <laughs> this guy's real. <laughs> Vigo's one of the coolest, man. Vigo's yeah. 50 in this. Oh, wow. Yeah. What an achievement. So badass. Yeah. If you haven't seen this one or if you haven't revisited like me in the last 15 years, highest recommendation. 100%. I think we got to get more Cronenberg in the mix. Let's do it. This guy's got to line some more up. I know we've got a rabid screening coming up. We're doing rabid. Yeah. Coming uh, soon. It's coming, baby. It came to this. It did come to this. More Cronenberg coming soon. (laughs) I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. Good night.